confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, taking uh, just a moment away from the ongoing January 6th revelations and the saga that uh, those video moments captured by uh, Tucker Carlson and company last night have unleashed on planet Earth. And that should be talked about nonstop, as far as I'm concerned, for the next uh, many days. But I do want to get some perspective on uh, another hot topic, uh, the Ukraine and Russia, what we should be doing about it. Um, President uh, Trump said at CPAC over the weekend, uh, before he's even inaugurated, if he's elected, if he's just merely elected, uh, that he will end the war in Ukraine um, within a very short order of time, and he won't even have to be president in order to make that happen. Uh, Is there a way to do just that? My next uh, guest argues that we need to turn up the heat on Putin and that President Biden um, can can uh, he has more options than what he's telling us, and we'll also get his perspective on his recent visit with the German Chancellor. Peter Rouse is named senior and um, fellow director at Euro, Europe and Eurasian Studies at the Hudson Institute. Peter, welcome to Kevin McCullough Radio. Good to have you. Um, a lot of people don't have the temperament, the stomach, the willingness to say we should we should put up with Ukraine one minute longer. You think that there is a path to uh, turning up the heat on Putin and getting him to end this current conflict? Well, I think we have to generate a true spirit of compromise on the Russian side. And right now, the only way to do that is to turn up the heat militarily to help the Ukrainians uh, break through and thereby eventually uh, uh, essentially force negotiations on the Russians. Right now, I think Moscow is feeling a bit bullish. They've uh, had some battlefield successes um, around this city much talked about in eastern Ukraine called Bakhmut. There's a pincer of sorts closing there on Ukrainian positions in that town. We'll see if the Ukrainians end up uh, trying to organize a withdrawal towards uh, other uh, positions, uh, defensive lines that they have set up some miles away from Bakhmut. But um, the bottom line is, is that so long as there's no appetite for negotiations, uh, the only other option for ending the war is basically to surrender And I don't think that advances American interests either. So the way forward, I think, is to make clear to Putin that he cannot win this war. uh, And uh, by, I think, having that realization dawn on him, we're more likely to have uh, fruitful negotiations. Can we do that without spilling American blood, spending American money or sending any more American equipment to them? I think we can do it without spilling American blood, for sure. Uh, Putin is not contemplating a war with NATO. Um, I think uh, he's already having troubles as I just articulated in Bakhmut alone, the small part of the Donbass against just the Ukrainian armed forces, uh, let alone a broader war against NATO and the NATO alliance. But the Russian military um, is a strong one, but uh, it's shown that it, it, uh, it also has weaknesses. And the entire Russian economy runs about 1.7 trillion U.S. dollars. The combined total on the sidelines, uh, this would be the alliance uh, GDP combined, and those uh, in putting in place some sanctions runs to about 40 trillion. So it would be, I think, a a one-sided fight. Putin knows that, which is why in their operations they've been relatively careful to avoid a spillover into NATO territory. And, um, and, and that's why I don't think that American blood has to be spilled. But I, it does need, mean and it does require that the United States keeps, um, uh, keeps not only uh, supporting the Ukrainians, but really puts its foot on the pedal because uh, it's hard to sustain for a, uh, support for a war in the long run. And I'd, I'd rather see a push now to, to force the Russians into talks. Okay, but what does supporting Ukraine look like? Does that mean that we continue to send cash? Is it more equipment? Um, One of the things that I keep asking about in recent days is if we're concerned about 
giving them uh, even even the equipment at kind of uh, a breakneck speed, which we have not been breakneck in how quickly we've gotten the equipment to them. Um, right. There's 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 still this downside that that we're losing the value of that equipment. We're losing the value of the um, the resource itself. Is there possibility to structure this like a lend lease type situation where once Ukraine declares victory, uh, every major person I speak to says the world's going to come to Ukraine's aid. They're going to set up uh, negotiations. Everyone's going to work with Ukraine, and Russia will be seen as a pariah. Why not get Ukraine to pay us back for the help once the war is over? Well, for starters, what we need to give them a military kit it would be things like long-range precision strike, which we have not uh, given the Ukrainians. And this would allow them to hit the Russian supply base, logistical nodes. They're very uh, heavily focused, the Russians are, on resupply through railroads and railroad heads. So you could hit that with, with precision strike and, and missiles like the Atakums, which we have yet to pride um, the Ukrainians for fear of, of, of an escalatory dynamic, which as I just uh, in my opening answer alluded, I think is is probably overdone by the administration. And then secondly, there are some budgetary support to the Ukrainians that we've been undertaking for the simple reason that, you know, you can win uh, the, the, the battles on the battlefield, but lose the war if your society and government collapse altogether. And so there have been some um, support for for Ukrainian budget, budgetary assistance writ large. As for um, a, a way to, to to go forward, I, I think but one that, of the but Peter, let me let me interrupt. Sure. If that means paying for pensions of Ukrainian officials, I think that's a bad move. And the president said as much uh, after he you know boasted of his visit there. And I think that that's where I'm talking about the tin ear to the, what the American people want right now. Like I think we want Ukraine to win. I, I'm not misreading that. We think Putin's a bad guy, but I think that they believe that. And by they, the American people believe that the current administration is just going to be corrupt and incompetent in how they're going about it. Yeah, if you think back to the first Gulf War, when James Baker, serving George H.W. Bush, uh, went on these tin cupping exercises around Europe, uh, it was rather impressive how the burden sharing uh, broke down, uh, broke out, I should say, not broke down, but they were able to really get the Europeans to step up. I'd like to see more of that, quite frankly, um, from the United States. I think there are ways to um, split the burdens, share the load, um, sure. get the Europeans to do more, in particular the Germans, who, um, while they're the biggest giver within the European Union as a percentage of GDP, are, I think, ranked 16th or something. So if they're going to have a leadership role in Europe, which we'd like them uh, to assume also to lessen some of our own defense burdens for Europe, I think uh, they could step up some. Um so, no, I, I agree that that's, that that's important. I will say, though, you know, if, if Ukrainian society collapses, even if they're getting the munitions to the front lines, they probably lose the war. And the downside of them losing the war is that right now we've spent tens of billions, and that's a lot of money, to take on the, uh, to take on the Russians. But you have to remember we spend like 820 or $830 billion in our annual defense budget basically to deter against the Russians and the Chinese – and so if we can take out one of those major uh, adversaries, the Russians, and focus more on the Chinese going forward, that's probably a pretty good uh, bang for our buck right now. That's but certainly what I'm hearing from a lot of people, and it seems to be a consistent uh, idea. Whether or not Washington will listen to it is another uh, right. issue altogether. Peter Rao, appreciate your time with us today. Thanks for the insights. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Kevin McCullough, coming right back. Don't go away.